Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Ezekiel chapter 34 is one large metaphor. Let's go ahead and jump in. The word of Yahweh came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord Yahweh, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore you shepherds hear the word of Yahweh. As I live, declares the Lord Yahweh, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore you shepherds hear the word of Yahweh. Thus says the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness, and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord Yahweh. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the, the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture, and to drink of clear water, that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet, and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore thus says the Lord Yahweh to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns, till you have scattered them abroad, I will rescue my flock, they shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, Yahweh, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am Yahweh. I have spoken. I will make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land, so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them in the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will send down the showers in their season, 
they shall be showers of blessing. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase. And they shall be secure in their land. And they shall know that I am Yahweh when I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the hand of those who enslave them. They shall no more be a prey to the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. And I will provide for them renowned plantations, so that they shall be no more consumed with hunger in the land, and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. And they shall know that I am Yahweh their God with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord Yahweh. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord Yahweh. This is the word of the Lord. Now again, just in case you missed it, the whole chapter is a metaphor. Right there in verse 31, the end of the chapter, human sheep of my pasture. Human sheep. There is no such thing. He's talking about us. Now, it would be curious, and I ruined it by saying it was a metaphor right at the start of the episode. How long did it take you to recognize that it was a metaphor? How long did it take your children to recognize that God isn't actually talking about sheep and shepherds in this chapter? Now, hopefully, by the end of that second paragraph, it's starting to stick out. But certainly once God starts talking about himself seeking out the sheep, right? So let's let's take a look. You know, you've got the first paragraph calling out judgment against the sheep. Sorry, the shepherds of Israel. They have essentially been taking all the benefits of caring for the flock. You know, they've been using the wool. They've been killing the, some of the lambs and eating them themselves but all the while not actually caring for the flock, right? They're, they're not seeking them out when they, when they go astray. They're not actually even feeding them. They're not caring for them when they're sick. They're, they're just wicked rulers. Now, immediately we can flip that over, right? Who, and this is the question to be asking your children, who are the shepherds? Who are the sheep? The shepherds are the leaders of Israel and and Judah at this point, more specifically, we could say, but Israel was also true. You could talk about this as their kings. You could talk about this as their, their priests. All of those that God has put into positions of authority to lead and to rule. And what have they done? They have failed miserably. They have abused the people. And they have not cared for the people. They have not fed them, that is, they have not given them the things that point them to God, but instead have just seen them as a, a means to their own end. Use the people underneath them to prop themselves up, to continue in their power, to be of their own wealth, as however much they may have been able to milk out of these human sheep. So there's the metaphor, they're scattered and that has indeed happened, right, with the fall of Jerusalem that we read about in yesterday's chapter. The sheep have been scattered all over the face of the earth. And so God vows in verse 8 that he's going to judge the shepherds. He's going to strip them of their role. So the king will be king no more. It's already seen. The prince, uh, the priests will be priests no more. They're being taken out of that role. God is going to rescue his sheep. He's going to rescue his people. 
One thing you could do is you read paragraphs starting in verse 11 um, and then all the way through like verse 24. Count how many times God is the subject of a sentence, how many times God is the doer of a verb. I didn't actually do it myself, but that might be a fun little family exercise here. It's everywhere. And that's, at the very least, emphasizing the point. The shepherds failed. The king failed. The priests, and perhaps we could even say the other prophets, outside of Ezekiel and some of the few faithful, failed. God will not fail. He is going to care for his flock. He is going to care for his people. So I will search for them. Uh, Emphatic, I, I, myself. So it's almost three times over, right? And you see it again in verse 20. I will bring them out. I will bring them into their own land. Gathering them from the countries is a reference to restoring them from exile. Feeding them on the mountains of Israel puts them right back into the promised land again, which happens under... Cyrus, king of Persia, 537. They're going to lie down in good grazing land, rich pasture. I myself will be the shepherd. I myself will make them lie down. Hopefully that paragraph is striking up Psalm 23 in your mind, Um, one of the most beautiful psalms that the Lord has given to us, and probably one of the most well-known of the psalms. I will seek. I will bring back. I will bind up. I will strengthen. And then, even while all that's happening, he's also going to be acting in judgment against those who have gluttonized themselves on the sheep. He's going to destroy those. Judge between sheep and sheep. So now it's not just the leaders, but among the people as a whole. Right? They had good pasture, But instead of simply enjoying the good pasture that the Lord had given to them, instead of enjoying the good land that the Lord had given to them, they had to go and tread down the rest of it. So while they're enjoying what God has given them in this land flowing with milk and honey of the promised land, they're also destroying their neighbor's property. They're harming their neighbor instead of helping their neighbor. And instead of just enjoying the clear water to drink, They've gone and muddied the rest. So that's a, almost a twofold depiction of the same thing going on there. So the sheep have made, the people have made matters worse for their neighbors instead of loving and serving their neighbors, which is a common New Testament theme that we see frequently. So they have pushed with side and shoulder, they've thrust the weak with their horns. So the horns are a reference of power. Um, So they've used their power wrongly against their neighbor. They've harmed them. They've chased them away. God is going to save them. God is going to rescue them. He's going to judge between sheep and sheep. You get some promises here. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. John 10, right? Who is this shepherd? This is the good shepherd. This is Jesus. That's a question for your kids. Who is the shepherd? They can get that one. And really, once you recognize that this is Jesus, it causes you to reread the paragraphs in light of Jesus. And suddenly you look at, I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. Suddenly he starts to come to the Lord's Supper as God feeds us. Jesus feeds us with his own body and blood. Compared to the shepherds that were stealing from the sheep and harming the sheep, Jesus gives himself, sacrifices himself for the sheep. So again, John 10, 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You get the covenant promise there as well. Um, and that continues into verse 25. So I will be their God is that covenant language. I have spoken. I am Yahweh. God is going to do this thing. But more so, I will make with them a covenant of peace. Now, the Old Testament does have more than one covenant in it, but the New Testament doesn't, right? So we already mentioned a couple days ago, Jeremiah chapter 31 gets into this new covenant language, but it's pointing forward to Jesus and the covenant that he makes with us by cutting himself. He is the sacrifice to start this covenant as he dies on the cross. And this covenant is that God is our God and we are forgiven, washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. What a covenant that is. Um, So this is a new covenant of peace. And so this next paragraph here, this final paragraph of the text is a it's a both and. You're looking at the the idea of twofold prophecy. You're looking at the the initial restoration, and then you're looking at the greater restoration that comes in Christ. So the initial restoration, you can read this paragraph in light of Cyrus, king of Persia, destroying Babylon and redeeming Israel, setting them free, allowing them to return back to the promised land. You can certainly read it in that context, right? Um, God is going to continue the seasons. He's going to provide for them. He's going to make the land fruitful. He's going to break the bars of their yoke so they're delivered out of slavery in Babylon. He's going to make them no longer a prey to the nations because we've seen his judgment over the last several chapters, 25 through 32, of all those nations around them that had been causing them harm. So you see so much of this. But, 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 it also and much more abundantly points forward to what we have in Christ. Because not all of this works, right? They don't dwell securely in their land. It's not their land. The land belongs to Cyrus, and eventually it belongs to Alexander the Great, and then eventually it belongs to the Roman Caesars, and so forth. It's never been Israel's land again. Not in that way. But there is a time coming when God will have rescued us from the the one the hand of those who have enslaved us, that is sin, death, and the devil. And he will give to us true security, true peace in the new promised land that never ends, that would be paradise. So you can, again, read this paragraph in both of those lights. Um, helpful to do with your family to show them this idea that this is common uh, in a lot of Old Testament prophecies. So again, entire chapters of metaphor, human sheep of my pasture, I am your God, declares the Lord Yahweh, and he has given us a good shepherd, the son of David, Jesus Christ himself. Amen.